It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Ears Up Podcast and I am nervous. It's understandable. You'll do fine. I'm a nervous Nelly here today. Folks, let me tell you why. We're going to talk to Garner Holt, the man, like the dude. You've seen his work in Disneyland and, and Disney World and uh, literally a billion other, I'm not exaggerating, a literal billion other places. Yes. Go to his website, look at projects, and then be shocked by all the things that you didn't know that this guy did. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm really nervous about yeah. it. And I'm a little bummed, to be honest, that, that our show format is is set up the way it is, I suppose, because uh, when Terrence was, was communicating with uh, Garner's team, we were gonna he was gonna have his like uh like his creative director or something yeah, like that. yeah yeah which i think used to be a disney animator too yep. i want to get him on yeah um they were gonna do like a video conference call yeah. and show us stuff show us stuff yeah and it would have been way more interactive but i don't I, we don't have the setup to do that so right. i was like uh, unfortunately not but it would have been really uh, interesting for us. Oh, it would have been amazing for us. Yeah, they've done, <clears throat> man, they've done stuff for Marriott Hotels, Las Vegas Hilton, uh, Chuck E. Cheese, FAO Schwartz, Orlando International Airport, which yeah. I've been to. I I don't I don't know. Um, Foster Farms. The they probably do the chickens. I guess I don't <laughs> know, man. Amazing. Um, Museum of Science and Industry. The Health Museum, National Orange Show, Nevada State Museum, Legoland, MGM Grant, just yeah, everything, yeah, everything, everything and everywhere. Like it's insane how much this company has done. And it, when you go to, I mean, Bev's absolutely right. When you go to the site, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, that was them. Oh, well, that's <laughs> them too. Yeah, it's be crazy. I'm like looking man. through it now. I'm still like, huh, oh. cool so we'll get garner here on in just a little bit in about 10 minutes we do have some questions from the chat room Mm -hmm. already yeah we have one we had one dude already beforehand popping a question there and uh of course maddie on our instagram account put up a little poll not a poll but uh basically asking for questions so I got about three or four questions to ask from our listeners. If you right. guys are in the chat, if you're listening live, which you can do by going to our YouTube page, by the way, uh, just drop your question in the chat, and if Terrence doesn't see it, I'll see it, or right. you know, we'll we'll do so our we'll best to ask it because this is this is a big this is big this is a big this is a big, it's a big show. Yeah. Uh, Garner is a, a force in the industry, and and uh, in, you know I think I've said it before, he's up there with Walt Disney. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, and just as far as creativity and Absolutely. and the impact that he has had in in theme parks, but just um, entertainment in general, yeah. I think you know yeah, that's maybe that's a little too you know blustery, but uh, I'm gonna say it, and uh, I don't care. Hey, Fair enough. oh, you're not even on over there, dude. There you go. Yeah, I moved over here, so I don't have to keep leaning over. Moved over to Taryn's computer. Yeah, Taryn's uh, of course dealing with uh, Alice today, which is you know. It's fine. Everything's everything's fine. Everyone's been sick, man. Taryn got sick first. No, I think Alice did. Either way, uh, I sort of missed it, kind of. Mm-hmm. But uh, Alice is, you know, she's not doing so great. Taryn's feeling a little bit better. So we're here. We couldn't miss this show. I was actually planning out what would happen if I couldn't do the show. 
Wow. Yeah, Taryn was like, you guys might have to... Taryn said that you said that uh, we might have to do it without you, and I was like... <laughs> I guess Terrence, Terrence is running the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would send all my questions, all my notes to Terrence. <laughs> Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Garner, uh, let me ask you a question. What do you, who do you feel was the stronger female character in Golden Girls? Oh, probably Dorothy. <laughs> just just <laughs> ask him nonstop right? questions about Golden Girls. He's like, I'm kind of the wrong My gosh, show. That would be amazing. No, he'd probably be like, oh, yeah, I did something for episode blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. Right. Actually, Blanche was animatronic. <laughs> yeah, One hundo. Yeah. Well, who's the old gal? Sophia. Sophia. Who's Sophia. actually the youngest one on the show, funny enough. The old, the a little old yeah, lady? Sophia she was, the, was oldest, the, youngest, the, youngest the youngest one on the show. You learn something new every day. <laughs> JP's mind just explodes. But yeah, bro. I, you learn something new every day, but why did it have to be that? <laughs> you want to hear another really strange thing that I learned? Uh, sure. Yes. So the show um, Out of This World with Evie Ethel Garland. Did you know that uh, Burt Reynolds was the uh, the voice of the dad on that show? The alien dad who spoke out of Troy? the weird... Uh, out of that weird pyramid? 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 I don't remember too much about that show other yeah. than she stopped time by... Yeah, by pointing your fingers, at that was touching it. your fingertips. I just remember the very first episode when she's like, "I have this uncontrollable urge to put my fingers together." I don't remember that. That's at all I remember. What good writing! <laughs> what great writing was that? We're like, yeah, how do like, we how do we work it. this this crutch or not this crutch, but this trigger into the into the set? Well, she she just can't help herself. Love it. I love it. Let's go with that. Yeah, I, I, it's actually kind of hard to like constantly like make your fingers touch. Like I keep missing. <laughs> Literally, you've done it two out of three times. Is there something about that chair, or <laughs> it's it's the mystery spot, like okay. the Santa Cruz mystery spot, right, or like some right. weird, you know, backwater kind of place? Always has some weird, like riddle cube where the laws of gravity, right. and really, it's just shoddy construction work. <laughs> but I was, tr- I mean, I'm try. I was trying like really hard. I did good, but maybe there. Is- but Bev has been a little weird today. <laughs> yeah. Bev, like just kind of. You know, she's kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little off. That's okay. Whatever. I'm. I. I feel great. It's like she's taking too much Dayquil or something. She's a little on edge, in a weird chatty yeah. sort of way. No, she's good. I think she's good. I'm just so excited to have human interaction. Yeah, because you you've been sick too. Yeah, I was. I, I died actually. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. That's cool. Three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's music playing. I'm actually Preparation just Bernie. Preparation for Easter. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> I'm just rehearsing for Easter. It's zombie Bev. It's oh, all good. <laughs> Speaking of all good, this episode is sponsored by Get Away Today, which is, of course, Disney's top wholesale partner. They'll help you plan your Disneyland vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discounted tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plan. Head over to getawaytoday.com slash ears up and start planning your magical vacation. Tell them ears up sent you and use code ears up to save an extra $10 on your SoCal vacation package. We've got about four minutes. i got to get through a bunch of stuff. We're on social media. The girls are doing great. They're killing it. Yeah, they are. Go interact with them. Uh, Brittany's like, I'm really excited for the newsletter. So if if you're a Patreon supporter, now you get a newsletter Mm -hmm. twice a month. If you're not a Patreon supporter, that's fine. That's cool. You don't have to be. But there's a lot of content over there on Patreon. I'm not going to go through it all now. Right. But you should definitely go over there and become a Patreon supporter. At, you can do 2 bucks a month, which is a dollar a show, which is pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. But if you go on the $5 level, that's when you start getting some stuff. And actually, yeah. anybody live who's a Patreon su- uh, supporter right now, I do have uh, – I-, I apologize. I'm a little late 
<laughs> on uh, posting all the stuff. But like I said, man, we've been you know we've been sick over here. Yes. You can send feedback on the show to Taryn at earsup-podcast dot com. Show suggestions to Terrence. You can say hi, hi. to Bev. And anything comes to me, I'm Jason. Um, uh, yeah, okay, three minutes. I just don't want to be late. No, I, I just like. You know what I mean? This is this is huge, man. I'm I'm really excited about it, man. Uh, you know, I think uh, Garner's going to be a good dude to talk yeah. to. I think we're going to have a great time. And uh, how do I make a call? I'm quite concerned. My just, leg is shaking. I, I feel like I'm just going to be such a bystander on this. Like I, I'm just so excited to hear what this man has to say. I'm just going to be. I'm getting all my energy out now because I'm just going to be like, <laughs> just sitting there, just listening, absorbing everything. I'm so excited. It is. It is. Uh, I, I feel you because for all that we talk about on the show about what we like about Disneyland is is learning how stuff works. Yeah, and this is how this is this is the guy who this makes is the it. quintessential yeah. person to speak to. This is my John, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, baby. Never give my John. Get my John back. Go to Etsy.com slash Coveyers if you want to support the show. You can browse our selection of great T-shirts and, of course. Cove ears. If you see something you like, but you uh, want it in a different style or a different color, message me in that store. Spread the word of our show. That's how really you know we kind of get up there in uh, listener numbers and, and you grow our little community. Uh, of course, interacting with social media. But you know, spread the word here. That'd be great. Uh, listen to us on Google Play. If we haven't told you that before, go ahead and do that. If you do any kind of internet shopping, you can use our Amazon link on the homepage. And uh, that's about it. I just breeze through like all of our <laughs> announcements, which I realize are kind of annoying, probably because they're repetitive, and yeah. I'm sure. But I try to make them fun and lighthearted by not burping into the microphone. Uh, the 21st Amendment has been serving craft beer in the San Francisco Bay Area for 19 years, from their initial brew pub on Second Street, which is two blocks from Giant Stadium, of course, in San Francisco, to their production brewery and tap room across the bay in San Leandro. The 21st Amendment is now available in 29 states, and, which I think is all of them, really, all it's the all important of, ones, it's all, right? Yeah. All with all the states you want to go to <clears throat> two and eight there including in and around the parks next time you're in san francisco visit the brew pub in san francisco and their new tap room and brewery in san leandro for some great beers and good food and be sure to ask for the 21st amendment wherever you find good craft beer okay <clears throat> like dca like dca also, that's right baby i think we're ready to call garner are you like because you look like you're no. gonna throw up I well, I was two I'm hours ago. I was up. I was upstairs, like trying to rest for not being sick for the show. So I feel a little unprepared, but I, I'm okay. I'm. We're You're just gonna, gonna go great. with it. Oh my god, we're calling him. <laughs> the number you tried to call. Why am I? Yeah. Why do you want to use my microphone? I guess. What is happening right now? Why? Why aren't you calling? Why don't you ring? Hello, phone call. Ring, please. There we go. I'm taking down questions as well. Okay, you got that? Yeah, I got that. God, you know, I got to... <laughs> Seriously, don't just... Hello, it's Garner. Hey, Garner, this is Jason over here at Ears Up Podcast. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you taking time out of your life <laughs> to come and sit. Absolutely. Uh, do I sound okay? Do you want me to be on a, uh, hold the handset? I'm on a speaker right now. Do I sound all right? Or? No, yeah, you sound, sound great, great, actually. I wouldn't have known. Usually you can tell, right, when someone's on speaker, but no, you sound great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, again, thank you. For, I'm a little nervous. We were talking about it a little bit before the show because there's so much 
to talk to you about in so little time that it's kind of like just throwing a dart at a dartboard mm-hmm. to well, to figure out where to start. Yeah, please do. Give me your entire history uh, in four minutes, please. Yeah, no. Well, I should. <laughs> no, so <clears throat> Garner Holt, you have been uh, basically in business since you were 16 years old. Is that yeah. right? I got that right. In 1977, Yeah. you founded yeah. a company. What? What were you making back then that was already sort of like polished enough to, to sell as, as a product and, and sort of get into this industry? Well, I don't think anything was really polished at that point. I think <laughs> that it was, uh, um, you know, just some feeble attempts at some uh, holiday things. Mostly it was haunted houses. You know, I kind of started out in the haunted house business. That's what I did in the backyard. And then basically it turned into doing it for malls. So I I contracted my first mall haunted house, and actually, I was still 15. I, you know, my parents had to drive me to work at that point. You know, and <laughs> it was uh, it was a haunted house actually inside a mall here in San Bernardino, and it oh, was wow. uh, it was pretty successful. And it, but you know, and that led to other seasonal and uh, you know, basically uh, holiday type displays and you know other things, Christmas and all of that. So you know, that's kind of how I started out. Were you were you just always kind of fascinated with robotics and and you know, all that kind of stuff, or how how did you get involved making those type of uh, I, what do you even would you call them animatronics? What do you what? Well, it wasn't really animatronics in the beginning. It was a lot of uh, you know I I you know kind of scrounged and scraped and you know I didn't really have the money to do anything. So yeah. um, you know I I my first animated figure which was my uncle sam figure i did about the, for the bicentennial back in 1976 um you know i was i made him out of you know i made kind of a steel frame for him and i made you know hinges you know like door hinges for joints but the steel frame i i didn't even have any way to buy any steel so unbeknownst to my dad i went i snuck back into the back pasture of his uh ranch and Used a hacksaw to cut some fence posts apart. Nice. And it became the, stru- the steel structure of my first animatronic figure. <laughs> I love it. Did you uh, eventually replace that? Uh, <laughs> that yeah. fence oh, probably a horse might have gotten out or something, you know. But I think <laughs> animatronics of the future, you know. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I've always been fascinated by by how you know robots and, and animatronics and moving figures kind of work and uh, you know i have a couple friends who try to teach me or at least you know tell me where to look and for some reason you know gears that move an actuator or a rod to move to go up and down i i I can't i wouldn't be able to build one if i just was like here's a fence and a hacksaw you know um cut this up that's that's the problem right there is you you know you're basically right out of the gate you're limiting yourself i i i would differ with that i would say if you said that to yourself i i will build one you know that's kind of what i did i i didn't know that i couldn't and i just said i'm going to go build an animatronic figure and so i started out and you know i started putting things together but i you know i had the mindset that i would actually I would do it as well as, you know, anybody could. And I didn't know that I couldn't. So I, nothing, you know, stops you at that point. You don't limit yourself, you know? God, I feel like we just got a, a giant life lesson yeah, right there. Absolutely. That, that, you I seriously mean, just changed the trajectory of my life. I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Were you, were you a big Disneyland fan at that point? Yeah. Well, I basically, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard the story about how this all started, but I basically, 
um, you know, I had been to Disneyland when I was really, really small, you know, four or five years old. And then, um, but I didn't really remember it, but I did see, a, um, you know, one night a um, television show came on, on a Sunday night on, you know, the world of color Disney's. And I uh, saw the Osmonds touring the haunted mansion at Disneyland. I, I had no idea they had such a place because I liked the monsters and I liked monster movies and, you know, I liked all those kind of things. And, I couldn't believe what I saw, and I saw, you know, a back back behind the scenes tour of the haunted mansion and how they built some of it. And I just, you know, I I remember to this day running in my parents' bedroom and saying, "Mom, Dad, w- could you take me to this place called Disneyland, you know, and uh, <laughs> you know, and see the haunted mansion?" And uh, wow. they did, and um, I told them on the way home that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. Wow, amazing! How old were you then? Did you say? I uh, probably was in the, you know, 12, 13 range, something of that, that, you know, era. Wow. But, um, you know, I, I, after going there, I just was fascinated and, you know, wanted to learn everything I could about what I saw, you know, and how they made things. That's, <laughs> that's a good story. I have never heard that before. And, and actually, you know, looking at, uh, uh, looking on the internet, trying to do some research for, for this interview, for the show, there's really not a whole lot about you on the internet. There's, I think your Wikipedia entry is like two paragraphs. It's two paragraphs. And, and that's, and that's kind of it. You're sort of like, uh, the most non-famous famous person. <laughs> oh, really? I, well, maybe that's good. I, I've, I've been able to get all of the bad stuff off there. That <laughs> that's right. You're uh, yeah, you're, you're PR person. Right people. That's right. Your PR person's doing really, really good. You know, if, if you, you know, Try googling Garner Holt Productions and Garner Holt. There's 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 the things out there. There's even if you if you look up Garner Holt on YouTube, you'll see a lot of the things that you know. Even some of our more recent creations, our expressive head and that type of thing that we've done. Oh yeah, uh, expressive Lincoln head and all of that. We're definitely getting to to all that. And one one thing I was told to to talk to you about uh, specifically was uh, Wendell the Unicyclist, which is on the YouTube page. So if you guys are listening live or whatever, go to Garner's YouTube page. <laughs> and be prepared to have your mind blown. Yeah, <laughs> Wendell the Unicyclist is he's an animatronic figure on a unicycle, but he's not supported by anything. Yeah, well, it's kind of a, you know, it's basically a mechanical magic trick, you know, like a lot yeah. of things that you see that, that you know, you, it looks like something's doing something, but it's, you know, it may not really be, but you can't really tell. <laughs> so um, I, I basically, you know, I knew back in the beginning, I, I struggled, you know, as I started to, you know, in the very early years of Garden Hole Productions, you know, I was the only employee for a long time. And, you know, I slept in a sleeping bag in the in the little front office and you know i had friends come over for pizza and help me but you know i went for many years doing that just barely keeping the lights on and buying all my furniture at the swap meet and that type of thing and and uh you know it was it was tough but so i finally realized one day i said to myself you know in order to impress everybody i need to have something that impresses people i need to build something that nobody's ever done mm. and something that really blows people away you know and because um, everybody else that had an animatronics company had a singing bear or a guitar playing something and i thought you know if i could make something ride a unicycle and pull it off um you know i could impress people with that and they'd hire me to do things <laughs> and that's really what truly happened after that that got me my first theme park job wow wow it worked. Yeah, and we were sitting here watching it before the show, and and uh, I've seen it a couple of times. And I'm mean, you guys got to list, you got to watch this yeah. thing. 
because you can't figure out how it and works. I was like, it's it's on a unicycle. <laughs> yeah. But it's not falling. <laughs> yeah. Beverly goes, that doesn't seem very safe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. The animatronic will be fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. It's really incredible. Uh, it very, very incredible. I've never seen anything anything like that. Well, you know, it was, it was it took me about a year to build. I built the entire thing myself. Uh, the only thing I didn't make was the costume. I sculpted it and did all the, you know, mechanics and all the electronics and Really, it was something I had to kind of teach myself to do. I made everything a part of it. And, you know, when I got it all finished, I was able to get it in front of, uh, get a film in front of kind of a fast pitch in front of the chairman of the board of MGM Grand, who's building a theme park in Vegas. It's not there anymore, the theme park, but it was, there was a small park behind MGM there for quite a few years. Hmm. And, um, you know, he he was impressed with it to the point where he gave me the contract to build all of the, animated figures for the largest ride, the MGM Grand. Uh, it was called the, um, um, what was it called? In my mind just went blank, but uh, <laughs> it was a raft ride. It was uh, uh, Grand Canyon Rapids, it was called. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of figures, and um, it was, uh, you know, quite an undertaking because at the time I had no theme park experience. I've never built anything for a theme park or an attraction I had no employees at the time. <laughs> Six months, I had to complete the largest ride in the park. Wow. And uh, so I pretty much didn't sleep for six months. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Is is it different uh, designing a figure for a theme park than, say, for, uh, you know, I, I don't know, some of the other non-theme park areas that you've, that you've uh, done work for? Well, you know, a lot of times you see animatronics in movies and that type of thing. And when you get in the movie business, you know, a lot of that stuff looks really good and it looks really real. But it only has to last long enough to get it on film or tape. And then they can basically throw it in the trash. It's it's worthless at that point. And, yeah. you know, the theme park characters need to be built for, you know, we build things for Disney and Universal. And uh, they all, you know, basically the standard is they want a 20-year life. Um, based on, you know, the basic structure. And then, of course, you can maintain it in that. But, you know, these things have to last forever. You know, look at the Pirates and the Pirates of the Caribbean. They've been, right. they've been drinking and carrying on and waving their swords since 1967, you know. so And they look great. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, these things got to last a long time in the park. You know, you can't have any downtime. The guests are get unhappy, you know. Yeah. Was that a, a, a learning curve? For you, you know, to, to, to figure out how to build a longer lifespan into your figures, or is it sort of inherent in building something like that? Well, yeah, no, it's it's something that you learn to do. I mean, you know, we've, we've you know, we're still building figures. We're the largest, you know, animatronics company in the world, and we basically have been around for 42 years. So we've learned a lot about what lasts and what doesn't last and, you know, what works and what doesn't work. So it's, it's a lot of experience. And, uh you know, as I was just getting into working in the theme parks, we also did all the Chuck E. Cheese shows in the in the country. Basically, the Studio C version that had the single figure. We did over 500 Chuck E. Cheese restaurant shows, and wow. um, a lot of people poo-poo that and say, "Oh, that's Chuck E. Cheese," and that's that's not a sophisticated theme park attraction robot. But the uh, the thing about it, though, is is when you build 500 of anything and you have years to study it and figure out, you know, how skins last and how bearings and valves and other parts of things, you can apply that to any figure you build. So, um, you know, it's something that, you know, we've built so many figures in the past and has had so much experience that, you know, we really do know what works and what doesn't work, you know. 
Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine anyone really poo-pooing <clears throat> Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, it, it has, you know, kind of a, you know, lower class, like you're saying, I guess, connotation, but... Man, I cut my teeth on Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Like going playing skee ball that for hours. That pit was my jam. Right, and <laughs> and pumping those tokens in and watching the band play. Exactly, yep. I loved it. Me I still, I and, and you know, Garner, you you're saying once you brought up Chuck E. Cheese, that's the first memory that I have is looking up at that band playing. Not anything else involved in it, but that show yeah. to uh-huh. me meant more than than anything else in that area. Exactly. Well, it's really funny. We have a lot of kids tour the place, and, uh, you know, we do a lot of tours and educational things for kids and try to get them excited about, you know, animatronics like I got excited when I was a kid. And, yeah. you know, they come through here, and, you know, some of them don't even relate to the Disney thing, but when you mention Chuck E. Cheese, they light up like <laughs> light bulbs. They're like, oh, Chuck E. Cheese, that's, you know, that's, that's I love Chuck E. Cheese, you know. So, so yeah, it's uh, – and it uh, it really expanded us when we got the job to do that over ten years. We um, we you know that that rocketed us rocketed us ahead. You know, mm-hmm. so um, it was very valuable for us to do. And I, but before doing research for the show again, I don't know why I keep making sure that everybody knows I've done research. I don't I don't know why that. Uh, maybe I'm nervous, but um, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate that. I didn't even really realize that there were companies like yours out there. Right. I thought that, you know, if you go to, well, let's like MGM Grand, right? And and you see uh, there's a, a robot or, or, you know, the figure I saw online that you did for FAO Schwartz, like the, the toy drummer yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that right now. Yeah. I just would have assumed that FAO Schwartz built it. I don't know why. Maybe it's the, the kind of Disney mindset where you just assume that everything is in-house. Well, right, same. I just assumed everything at Disney was made by an Imagineer. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, that's the whole, you know, that's the whole you know, what they want. They want you know, of course, you know, you go to Disneyland and, you know, nobody really builds anything. It's just kind of, you know, pixie dust mixes together in the middle of the night and then they just <laughs> appear the next morning. That's so, right. I've seen that commercial. Yeah. So, you know, in reality, I mean, obviously somebody built the attractions and the ride systems and the shows and lighting, sound, special effects, everything else. And yeah. we've we've got uh, about 270 animatronic figures in disney parks worldwide um in basically all of the parks how did you first get involved with working with disney well we started really small with them obviously we weren't sure you know what we could do or who we were and we started small with uh um you know some window display things and some parade floats and you know we did did a lot with parades for a long time the parade of dreams Mulan parade hercules parade um a lot of those earlier figures and uh Every time we do a figure, they'd be really impressed. So next time they wanted something, they'd hire us to do more. And pretty soon we were doing, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, elaborate figures for a parade. And then, uh, um, you know, so then they basically got their attention. And the big break came in um, 2001, early 2001, when they um, – contracted us to do the Haunted Mansion holiday show for the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland here with Jack Skellington and, wow. you know, Boogie and all the singing plants and the pumpkin mountain and spider tree and all the little teddies. And so we built that entire show, um, or not when I say the entire show, there were a lot of other people that built some things, but we did all the animation. Yeah. Um, but, which, um, which is kind of cool because seeing as the Haunted Mansion sort of piqued your interest in building animatronics yeah. and then here you are 
basically coming full circle. Yeah, coming full circle, but but also you're sort of being handed this this iconic mm-hmm. thing, not only iconic ride and in, in, in showcase, but an iconic movie. Uh, for people weirdos like me who you need to blend the two together so you don't offend like the die hard uh, haunted mansion people but also the die hard night before christmas people too and i mm-hmm. seems like a giant responsibility but that is very uh, i don't know karmic i suppose or, or well it, it, you hit the nail on the head you know because the first even before i went to disneyland after i heard about the haunted mansion i saw the haunted mansion record in kmart and my mom bought it for me yeah. I was in fourth grade and I did a, you know, I acted, I memorized the record, acted all the parts out in my classroom, you know, for a, for a show and tell. And so the haunted mansion was a really big thing to me. So jump forward, you know, way forward to, you know, from the sixties to, you know, 2001, um, when I put Jack Skellington in the haunted mansion, that was the first time that anybody anywhere had ever put a high end, animatronic figure into a classic Disney attraction and it wasn't internally built by Disney it was the first out I was the first outsider and then it was actually in the haunted mansion that I always dreamed about you know wow. uh, being involved in so it, it is a full circle thing and it is really it is really kind of strange <laughs> I, I bet did you go backstage and start investigating how <laughs> how all the the effects work that's exactly what you. i would do the first thing yeah here are the keys uh go ahead and figure and i'm i'd, I'd be looking under stuff be under the- we had free reign of the place for months oh my god what a, well, it's amazing. He's living no, we, your best we, life. We did, you know, we respect everything there, and it, it's a very, it's a, it, you know, it's an iconic place to me, and it was great. But we did have to do a lot of work in there to put the show in, you know, uh, from everything from up in the attic, I should say, the real attic, not the attic that you go through there, but, <laughs> right. and you know, all the way down to the bowels of underneath. We we had to go inside out and backwards to make everything fit in there and work and. And it was really exciting. And then, uh, you know, uh, about two years later, we get a phone call and said, and Imagineering says, well, guess what? Uh, Japan wants the same show for their Haunted Mansion wow. in Japan. Wow. So we like, okay. So we, and then we did a, you know, a bigger show there, had more Jacks in it, had more Sally's in it. And, um, you know, so uh, so it just kept kind of rolling on, you know. Well, I'm not even, so... Uh, I have no idea how many employees you have with your company right now, but you obviously cannot clone yourself. So we have a question from the chat. <laughs> He'll um, just build an animatronic of himself. <laughs> go cut his desk, yeah. pins down. Um, we have a question from the chat. We have an electrical and a software engineer, and he's wondering, what type of engineers do you look for for your company, and what are some of the skills that someone would have to have in order to get hired by your company? Well, we have you know so many people. We have about 70 employees right now, and... Uh, we have, uh, you know, a number of different people and, you know, maybe three, four, uh, between three or four to maybe 12 people in any given department. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the greatest things we look for is just a really super enthusiastic and friendly attitude and somebody that really loves doing this and wants to do this. You know, I could take just about anybody that's intelligent and, you know, has a certain skill and, you know, you can put them to work, but you really like the people that really want to be here and love what they do and enjoy it and work well with everybody else. And, you know, so we we have all kinds of disciplines. We have everything from, you know, we build our own controllers and, um, you know, lots with uh, electrical, mechanical, engineering, mechanical fabrication, 
you know, everything from welding and costuming to sculpting and, you know, paint and, you know, just, all, you know, everything from hair work to um, figure finishing to we make eyes and teeth. And so we have, you know, a whole array of talent that is in every direction. And the people that are the talented ones in those areas are really, really good at what they do. They're, you know, some of them are the best in the world at what they do and, uh, you know, have lots of experience. And so we look for really good talent, really good experience with a lot of enthusiasm. That's awesome. That's awesome. That sounds, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. I got one, one out of two of those. <laughs> <I'm> enthusiastic. <laughs> Not the skills, but the enthusiasm. Yes. When, uh, back to the, the, the Haunted Mansion overlay real fast. When, when that first debuted, were you, were you nervous right beforehand? Because it is like it is such a big responsibility. I was scared to death. There you yeah, go. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to be really successful, and yeah. you know, it was it was really kind of a difficult time for everybody because you know the I remember creating things and getting ready to ship the entire show and walking around the corner looking in my shop, seeing the pumpkin mountain and the Christmas tree, and Jack standing there oh, on the morning of nine eleven. Oh, and just boy. after it happened, and I have that kind of seared into my head that I, you know, walked out into the shop and just stood there and stared at all that stuff right the moment that that was happening. And so it was really, you know, it was really a tough time for everybody. And, you know, loading that in, you just kind of had this pall and this black cloud over you, you know. Yeah. And um, it was so it was, a, you know, it was really a strange time. And, you know, but uh um, you know, Disney at the time, nobody really knew whether the Haunted Mansion show was going to be a success, the holiday show. We didn't know if it would be received well or not. If it wasn't, it would have, you know, maybe gone on another year or so. But um, it was a smash hit in the beginning. The queues just filled up like crazy. You know, the queues mm-hmm. at the beginning that were only 10 minutes long were now you know, two hours and 10 minutes. And yeah. <laughs> the one that we put in Japan, I went over to see it in Japan and Fortunately, I got to got to get sneaked in the front because the queues were like four and a half hours long. Oh wow. my goodness! Wow! Wow! Everyone's like, "Thanks, Garner." <laughs> Great. Fast passes run out at like eleven in the morning. Yeah. Thank right. you. Yeah, it, it, you know, I'll be honest. It, it's the Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride, and that overlay, it, it's it it it's magical to me. You you did you you did really really good yeah, in bringing that vibe of that movie and the the kind of uh, design of the characters and the um the the the, the emotion and the, the feel I guess of yeah, it right yeah. It, well the 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 show you know we built the show but the whole design was um, done really by Steve Davidson who is uh, is one of D- Disney's true geniuses of show design and production you know he designed us a lot of the bigger shows and parades and things and. Um, you know, it was kind of his baby, and you know, he. Uh, we were really fortunate that he entrusted us with the the fabrication of the whole thing to okay. create. You know, put put his vision into real life. You know, yeah, I it take was, it all back. Uh, it was an honor. You know? <laughs> well, and, but I mean, that's exactly what you did. You took a vision and you made it into real life. Like you turned that ride, which is iconic in its own right, into basically its own ride. It's 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 it, it, it's not the haunted mansion ride. It's. It feels separate. It's a different. It's sort it's of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It feels separate, but in a good way. But in a good way. Like yeah. there's enough things that kind of remind you that you're still in the haunted mansion, but it's completely. Se- it's. It's like a. I don't know. Well, what, <laughs> words are hard right now. <laughs> I personally like them both. You know, there are a lot of yeah. tourists. Yes. Take their me, but 
you know, by just about the time, you know, in summertime when the other ones, you know, you've seen it enough, then the Haunted Mansion <laughs> holiday shows up, and then, you know, you get kind of a different show, and that's the whole point, you know, and it, it kind of helps it have a new life for a little while and, you know. Keeps it fresh. Yeah, I agree. When you get approached with, with a project, do you ever execute something start to finish design-wise and whatever, or does the client come to you and say, hey, I have a, a 20-foot chicken that I want to tap dance and you need to make it for me or you know yeah, what I mean? No, actually, actually we do have people with, come with the, you know, the 20 foot chicken, so to speak. <laughs> we, we, um, we do have uh, the ability to design internally. We have a design division, the creative design group, and we have, uh, you know, we have a whole array of customers and how they work. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, Disney sometimes will come to us and they'll have a stack of papers 10 inches thick and say, we want you to build this. And it's, you know, it's got everything down to the color of the nuts and bolts in it. Mm. And we just follow the rules, you know. And then, uh, you know, I've had customers come to me before and say, you know, I'm building a house in Malibu. I have a uh, million dollars or $2 million for animation, and I just want animated stuff in my house. And I'll say, well, what do you want? And they'll say, well, I don't know. You tell me, you know. See? And I'll have to sit around and think of something to put in their house, you know. And I've actually done that before. That's actually a true story. Man, it, so, it, I so. was just going to say that. If I, if I had a bunch of money... I would want recreations of Disney rides, and maybe you can't do that because of licensing and whatever. But I would want animated in, in, anything, everything. everything. Animate my fork, I I, want whatever, my- whatever. <laughs> I would want my house to look like the Flintstones, where I would want like animated. When you hit the animals. lottery, you call me. Okay? Yeah, you know I will. I will definitely do that because uh, it just sounds. It sounds amazing, man. Like the like the Vulture in Club Thirty Three. I would want that kind of just weird stuff man yeah. i would recreate the old club 33 with the dining and have all the trophy i don't know man i would waste so much money i would be broke in two months <laughs> oh my goodness well, you know we've we've done a lot of work for a lot of celebrities and you know i mean i, I know there's a lot of controversy about michael going on right now but yeah. we mm-hmm. we did a lot of stuff out at uh, at his ranch years ago oh, we wow. had the train ride we had all kinds of characters we worked for like neil patrick harris has a animated parrot in his living room we wow work for a, you know a few celebrities we can't mention but there's, right, there's right. been a lot of uh um you know dick van dyke has one of our figures of him uh in his living room and um you know so i, I love uh, that it's of him of, of himself <laughs> yeah, i love that of Good. himself yeah yeah you, you... As, as bird Good for him. The, you know Absolutely. So, Garner, when you were when you were saying Dick Van Dyke has an anima, has a figure, I'm in my head. I go of himself, just as a joke, and it's just <laughs> because, of course, like that makes sense. And anybody else, I think it would be a little weird, but not Dick Van Dyke because no, he seems amazing. like such like the most genuine person in the entire yeah. universe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, you know, um, it's it's fun creating things for people and, you know, having them enjoy things and enjoy what we do and our creative talents and that, you know, and, and uh, you know, it uh, doesn't, doesn't just apply to theme parks. We do a lot with, you know, museums and restaurants and, you know, all kinds of visitor centers and other attractions, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, actually uh, celebrity homes and that have been a... Um, you know, a big staple of our work. There's, there's one particular home that we've done that has probably close to ten million dollars worth of animatronics in the house. 
Wow, is that John Stamos? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, That'd be funny if it was. <laughs> He's like, oh, man. Uh. <laughs> um, $10 million? So, Can you imagine? So, yes. Uh, I think it's Robert De Niro just to make him stay yeah, the same age. You always age. hear those people that you know have 10 Lamborghinis in their garage. Well, yeah. you know, um, some people want animatronics in their garage, you know, so. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Beverly. What, so I read earlier that, if you can. I mean, obviously you're not, I know, words are so hard right now, <laughs> but obviously you're not just working on one project at a time. You're doing multiple projects at a time. What's the most, what's the largest number of projects you've ever worked on at one time? If you um, well, for Disney, I remember when we were doing the Radiator Springs, we did 12 of the cars in that car's attraction there. We did 12 of the figures that you meet in there, and we um, we were also at the same time doing the two mermaid attractions, the one that was in DCA as well as the one in Florida that were identical. <laughs> and we were working on uh, Mystic Manor in Hong Kong. So we had four uh, more or less e-ticket attractions in uh, the shop at the same time you know, several years ago. But uh, that was probably that was a very busy, busy time. That sounds rough. You know? Yeah, that's uh, a lot of project that's management. Lot, that's yeah. for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about about animating these figures uh, because to me that's that's mind blowing in and of itself. But uh, just thinking about the show and 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 how animatronics move, and then you know the realistic Lincoln face that you, you were mentioned earlier, and I was thinking that getting movement right in 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 art, it's, it's kind of people have been trying to do for I mean I guess thousands of even sculptures have movement and whatever, but even as recently as the latest video game. Sometimes the movement kind of seems a little weird and mm-hmm. whatever. H- how do you manage with with figurines with with animatronics? How do you how do you manage? Uh, uh, I guess programming a thing to move like in in a realistic way. Well, you know, people have been fascinated by things that move for centuries, and you know, the automatons and things. You know, and really really fascinated the more the more they simulate life you know you get into basically what is you know combining art and technology to create the illusion of life and that's what animatronics is so once you do that you know you start getting into humans and birds and things that people are used to seeing every day well you know your mind even subconsciously can tell you when something's not right and it's really 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 hard to make uh, a character look truly real you know if you're if you're floating by a pirate in the dark and you know at six feet per second and you know you look up and he swings a sword at you or something you know um if you turn on the lights it may not look that realistic well when you get a face right in front of everybody and you try to do all the nuances of you know how a mouth works and eyes and everything else um it can be really really difficult but the challenge is what the that's that's where the fun is and is in the challenge of doing that um, so we put, you know, all everything that we can, you know, together in our heads to develop, you know, the skins and the software and the, the motors and the drivers and actuators and skeletons and all that type of thing to make it all work. And, and, uh, when we get to the end, we study it and figure out what we did wrong and why it doesn't look right. And then we try to do it again. And every time we do it, it gets better just like anything else, you know? So, yeah. um, but our goal is to eventually, um, you know, just keep rolling with it and, you know, see where it all takes us over time, you know. Yeah. So from a, a technical standpoint, what's the most difficult project you've worked on? Um, Not necessarily Disney. Uh, well, probably the expressive head that you talked about. Okay. Um, 
minute ago. Uh, you know, it took a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of people, and you know, it's uh, it was quite an effort. But um, you know, there have been some Disney projects that have been really difficult, and you know, over time, it it all kind of morphs together, and you know, you. <laughs> You expect a challenge, you know, everything's a challenge, you know, somebody, yeah. but that's the whole, that's the whole fun of it in a sense. I mean, you know, somebody can call you tomorrow and say, you know, I want a hundred singing canaries. And then the next day somebody says, well, I want a brontosaurus that's 80 feet long. That's eating a Volkswagen, you know, and you say, <laughs> okay, well, what, we just basically say, well, what color is Why it? Not? When do you want it? And how much money do you have? You know? <laughs> wow. Oh. God, that would be amazing. <laughs> it's so great. I would love a brontosaurus eating a Volkswagen. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Go for it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> you know? A little rag yeah. top you gotta win that lottery. We, we get the gamut of people calling us. And you know what? I have a marketing person that's really good at weeding them out because, you know, you got people that'll call you up and say, Oh, well, I'm gonna build a three billion dollar theme park in my backyard and you know, I'd like you to start designing attractions for us, you know, and yeah, you know we we weed through that pretty quickly, but you know you never know about people. Um, we, you know we've had some some interesting eccentric people come to us with a lot of money and want some really interesting things. But um, what's you know, the weirdest? Some things, some things we don't do though. I mean we yeah way back in the very beginning we had some people come to us now and then that uh, you know wanted some you know basically what would be a playmate that could really do everything. And we really didn't want to go down that path. And yeah. That's awful. Uh, I was really hoping so, you were going to say that, to hard, be honest. Hard pass, Garner. There was, hard there pass. Was a, a, a document, there's a documentary on Netflix right now about about people, amateurs, building robots oh, like no. that in their garages. And just once yeah. you started, I was really hoping that someone approached you and asked you that. Co- I mean, of course they did. That's well, so amazing. You know, that, was like, you know, that was like 20 years ago. I could have, you know, I, I, I probably could have been a billionaire by now. Right. On that path, but that's just not where I wanted to go. Talk about now. different paths you could take. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think you made the right choice. I didn't want Disney to look at me and say, you do what on the side? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah, that would be, uh, well, whatever. Let's yes, move on. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on with that one. Family show, guys. How do you p- push innovation, like, with that expressive head? How do you, how do you, uh, I, I, you, how do you keep improving, I guess? How do you find the time to, 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 try new stuff and, and to really push the the boundaries of what's been done before. Well, that's kind of what's really tough is there's never enough money and never enough time, you know. Yeah. And uh, so when you have jobs that are rolling through here that are really big jobs and, you know, that we have to keep busy on, um, you know, we try to do R&D as much as we can when we can and, uh, hmm. you know, try to keep that rolling, you know, for the future. But, um, you know, it's fun, and it always gives me something to, you know, think about that, you know, if you start thinking about a new project and that, you know, it's kind of exciting to think about what you can do next. And every, like I said, every time we build something, we, you know, and this is true with almost any craftsperson, you know, if you build a car in your garage or you do this or you do that, whatever you build, by the time you get through building it, you have a great big notebook of things that you've done differently the whole way. Well, that's kind of the way we are. You know, we'll have a giant notebook. It's like if we do this again, we have hundreds of different ways we could improve it. And uh, and then you just look for the time and money to do it again, you know, and then you it makes sense. Then it, you know, so but we, we love to push the limit, you know, push the, you know, raise the bar and, you know, <laughs> keep yeah, 
Uh, I mean, that that uh, it makes all the sense in the world. Go ahead, Terrence. So speaking of, of raising the bar and going in different directions, I, I need to read something real quick, and then I have a question for you. Uh, there's an article I found. It says, usually one goes to the salon for such services, but June prefers Garner Holt Productions, which specializes in making things look true to life. For three weeks, Garner and his staff of creative magicians adjusted and repainted the prosthetic arm, now known as Lefty 2. So can you tell us about your history with uh, prosthetics for humans, how you got involved, and what else you've, you've done? Because this article is about you guys basically um, creating a prosthetic for a friend of yours named June, correct? Well, yeah, it was a lady that worked for the city, and we had a we had kind of an event for the city one day, and I'd never met her before. She walked in with a group of people, and she had a you know very nice, elegant, older lady, um, June Durr. She was really you know exceptional person, and she had this horrible looking prosthetic arm. And you know, come to find out later, like a lot of cases, um, you know, insurance only spends you know x amount of money on you know things like that and that's why it looked like you know it wasn't really the right color the right shape and everything Mm -hmm. and uh so i gave the tour of the entire company and i couldn't keep my eyes off of it i kept thinking oh my gosh that's just terrible it just doesn't look right at all and um you know at the end of the tour i mentioned it to her and i said you know if you'll lag behind i'd like to talk to you so she did and I said, you know, um, I said, I can do so much better than that. And if you want to come back here, I said, I'll make you an arm that is uh, that you won't be able to tell the difference to your other arm. And I said, if, you know, I just told her, I said, I'll, I'll do it free of charge. I said, I'll just make it. Oh, man. And um, and I did. And so um, it really, really helped her a lot because she, you know, would get. As strong a woman as she was, a, person, a, a speaker and everything, she um, would get stared at and ki- by kids and comments in the mall and wow. things. And she found herself not wanting to go to the store because as, even as strong-willed as she was, you just get, it bothers you when people stare, you know. And if, mm-hmm. after she got that arm, she found a whole new feeling about, you know, getting out in front of people and everything. And um, so it worked real well. She's become a very good friend. She's a very close friend. At that time, I didn't know her until we started that. But... Um, but I've known her now for many, many years, and she brings it in every, uh, oh, I don't know, every couple of years she brings it in for a tune-up. She calls it Lefty, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, she brings it in for a tune-up and a repaint. But, um, but yeah, it's been kind of fun. I've done a couple of, you know, prosthetics like that. Just not really, in the, I'm not really doing it, and I'm not. that's not what we do for a business. It's, and I don't really, you know, I really can't support that because I can't have, patients coming to my factory but um, (laughs) you know it's fun to try to contribute you know where we can to help you know absolutely that's a class act move man that's that's awesome yeah that's really great thank you um before we get into i have a few more guest questions and then uh we'll we'll let you split here garner but if you can just give us i don't know like a top five of your favorite disney uh, attractions that you built or, or figures that you built just to give our audience something to kind of connect with the next time they go to the park? Um, well, uh, and it can't like, all be the overlay for Haunted Mansion. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, Radiator Springs I like. I like the Mermaid. We we did a bunch of the monsters in the monsters thing in DCA. Um, we did uh, a lot of the Nemo attraction. We have We have figures all over the park. In fact, we've replaced a lot of the Tiki Birds Oh, wow. um, a lot of the figures in Small World. We've, uh, um, you know, the Buzz Lightyear ride 
almost everything that moves in the Buzz Lightyear ride is ours. We did four of those, uh, four of those rides. We did uh, Hong Kong, Japan, uh, Paris, I believe, and and out here in California. And then um, let me see what else. Um, a lot of Jungle Cruise characters uh, we mm-hmm. replaced. You know, the elephants in Florida uh, and the Jungle Cruise. We did their skins. Um, we did. Uh, um, Mermaid in Florida too, as well. Um, the dragon, phantasmic dragon. Oh, the snowman in the Matterhorn. We did yes. this. The recent snowman change that was. Okay. Uh, he seems to be real effective. He's a. He's a. Everybody seems to love that guy. Oh, it's it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I was. I, I again, <clears throat> I was a little leery of kind of the upgrade, and then I saw that thing, and I. It, if I didn't have a restraining, bo- I would have been out of there. It's one of the best plus things I've seen. <laughs> it's really, there. really good, I mean, his man. Movements are just like the movement. Cra- it's like a person wearing a suit, like trying to attack you. And it's the the the, the, facial, the facial expression, the sculpture, like all of it. Yes, it's great. Yeah. Well, we're real proud of that. He's a real uh, he's a real iconic figure, and to have gotten to replace such an iconic figure was a real big deal for us. You know, we were yeah, really, really, really pleased with that. You know, so that's really but cool. Yeah, that's that's we've got you know a whole bunch of stuff scattered all around in the parks, and you know we're really um, you know proud of the things that we've done. You know, yeah, I I, I would be too, man. That's amazing. Okay, we have uh, three more questions from the chat room, and then we do a little guest interview questions at the end. Very, very kind of like one-word answer, so it's not going to take up too much time, and, and hopefully it's a, a little bit of fun, and then we'll, we'll let no you get problem. out of here. All right. Uh, besides the end result, what is the best part of the animatronic process for you? Um, you know, when you <laughs> you know, really kind of when you turn it on for the first time and everybody stands around it and goes, Oh my gosh, you know, and, and, you know, if you've really nailed it on the head and, you know, sometimes, you know, just like anything, some look better than others, but it's really great to have, you know, kind of like the one we're just talking about, like the Matterhorn character, you know, when we first fired it up in the shop, you know, just was stunning and everybody, you know, everybody's full of smiles and then you get the client out and they're full of smiles and everybody's you know looking at it going wow this is really cool you know yeah that makes you feel really good it feels like you really accomplished something you know that it's going to be good in the attraction you know so it's always fun to experience that you know cool uh how much of the superstar limo ride was recycled for the monsters inc ride um we didn't uh we didn't really take i don't think we really took much of anything i don't think we really i'm trying to think back um there were there was a few of the characters i think they did there were the guys that in the yellow suits you know the Mm -hmm. the, um i don't know what they are the the ones that are after the monsters you know or whatever yeah but they (laughs) they're the guys in the yellow suits but i i understand that some of those got um got were you know recycled original characters that were in there but okay all of the ones that we did were all of the monsters themselves the little car and you know the the uh, the we did a lot of the door things that tricks with the doors and everything we didn't wow. make uh, we didn't make that character at the end you know the uh the miss uh what's her name the, 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 the slug lady no, or whatever yeah yeah we didn't make her disney made her, her internal because she was going to be interactive and they wanted to experiment with all that but we did a lot of the monsters but really nothing we did was really you know recycled from there okay 
Man, I, I, I swear, Gar- Garner's a lot like me, where it's like, I, he, Garner, you, you know the, 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 the thing, right? But you don't know the name or what it does. Like, I don't know either. I, I've, I've maybe seen a handful of Disney movies, like, ever, but I know the reference. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, well, I wouldn't know either. Yeah, I did. I did at one time, but you know, you get all these character names in your head, and yes. then sometimes, you know, after all these years, you know, Monsters was a long time ago. Yeah, right. absolutely. But, Have you ever turned down a project that you later regretted? No, okay. no, not really. No, um, no I, uh, no, I don't think so. I've, I've, uh, we've gotten to do, you know, almost everything that anything that I've been asked to do that I was really crazy about, I've jumped at it, you know, all you know full feet first into trying to get it yeah and uh you know it may have for some reason not gone to us but um you know i've never really i've turned down quite a few attractions and quite a few things but i've never regretted it later usually my instinct's been pretty good and a lot of them have turned down to be really really big problem attractions and (laughs) i was kind of glad that i turned them down you know yeah yeah, you don't want that headache, man, that's for sure. Uh, and then the last question from the audience is, what is your all-time favorite ride at any of the Disney parks? Um, I would have to say that it's a toss-up between Pirates and Mansion. Nice. Yeah, a boy. Um, you know, how could you... I don't think Pirates will ever be... I don't think anybody will ever achieve the feel of that attraction. You know, it's just, it's really, you know, it's so immersive and it's such a wonderful thing and it brings back such good memories, you know, as a child. Uh, And then Mansion in a whole different way, you know, because it's such an iconic thing and I was able to kind of live out my dream getting to work in it. Mm. Um, You know, but those two attractions, I think, will always stick with me to be the, you know, my absolute favorites of anything, anywhere you know yeah i i agree um all right you got you got a, a, a another couple minutes for us just to indulge us in our little questionnaire sure all right uh what's your favorite disney attraction i think we probably we covered this that. a couple of times yeah we just asked that question yeah. Yeah. yeah okay what's your least favorite and you can you can decline to answer anything you want you don't have to answer but uh what's your least favorite disney attraction uh, I don't know. I don't really go out to the island very often, I guess. Tom Sawyer's Island, I guess, if I had to pick one. Yeah, okay. that's so pretty good. I'll, I'll pick a better one. Canoes. I don't like canoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, nice. those suck. Same, dude. <laughs> if you want to get splashed by a five-year-old with an oar in front of you, go on the canoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, pie-eyed Mickey or round-eyed Mickey? Which is better? Um. You mean the oval or yeah. round? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the 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 pie eyed, like with the little, uh, like a slice of pie cut out with a little triangle cut out of his. Uh... Oh, I like the round. Yeah. Okay, all right. What old ride should they bring back to the parks? America sings. Yeah, nice. That's a good one. That's a good answer. What current ride should they remove? <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. Uh, that's a tough one. That's a hard one to. I don't know. I think yeah, probably probably that probably that one with the swings that's way up in the air in DCA. You know those oh yeah. the symphony thing that spins around. Yeah, get rid of that one. <laughs> yeah, yes. that you know it, it's funny because for all of Walt not wanting to to make it look like a circus or a, a fair like a carnival, or that's carnival. A carnival. Yes, exactly. That's the quintessential carnival yeah, ride. So that's pretty that's fun. It should go. Yeah, how's it? Uh, who's your favorite Disney character? 
No, I don't know. I have no idea. Probably, I'd probably say something like Tigger or something. Okay. Okay. Yeah, very, very underrated character Tigger is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, if you could travel back in time and meet Walt, what would you tell him? Um, don't live any longer than you're going to because you won't like it. <laughs> God, that's such a good answer. That is the best answer we've ever gotten. Oh, my gosh. And it's 100% true. I think I love Garner. You can be a regular for now. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, Garner, where can people go to learn more about uh, Garner Holt Productions? Well, our website, you know, our website's a little weak, but it's GarnerHolt.com. And then uh, look on YouTube. Um, look up the you know the the heads and things that we've done and uh, definitely um, go to you know, YouTube if you if you Google different versions of you know the things Garner Holt Productions you know Garner Holt you know whatever you find a few things here and there but you know we're <laughs> we're um, you know we're pretty quiet I guess we uh, yeah. most industry knows who we are right um, right. Uh, you know, so if the fans want to, we're eventually going to start some. We just moved into a bigger building out here in in Redlands, so um, we're going to start up. You know, really heavy into the tours. We have all kinds of fun stuff out here. We're going to have an animatronic museum and ride vehicle collection, and mm. you know, all kinds of things that Disney people like to see. So that's all coming down the pike here pretty soon, probably beginning of next year. Wow, we got to get out there, guys. Yes, please. That would be great. Where are you guys actually located right now? We're in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, a little town called Oakley. So we're not too far away. Yeah, good. All right, Garner. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. We kept you a little bit longer than we promised, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to indulge us with some stories. And uh, I, 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 yeah, I can't thank you enough. That was it was really fun. Well, thank you, and it's been a pleasure. And uh, hope to see you in the parks, and you enjoy what we do. So, thank you very much. Definitely. All right, Garner. Have a good night, man. Yeah, bye bye. Bye. Wow. Bro. And for those of you who want to call Garner, his phone number is eight five seven. No, I'm kidding. It's wow, not. man. That was amazing. Like I kind of don't even really know. Where to go from Just there? Just in the show. Like, he kind of did a mic drop. There's nothing we could do from here. Right? The portfolio gallery on his website, like, I've been looking at it for, like, 45 minutes. Uh, there's so I much. Just... And, and and it's it's not, it doesn't really tell you exactly what is where, but if you're a Disney fan, you know the things that you know. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And it's like... Not even just Disney. And in all honesty, there's so much to do with him that it's very hard to pinpoint a thing. And so I kind of lost some angles about where to go. But what a great interview. And fantastic. Yeah. yeah, like I said, we kept him a little bit longer than we promised, but I could have kept him for we could have kept going. I still had half a page of questions. Yeah. <laughs> we have to have him back on. Absolutely. Or interview him down there in Redland. Well, we're we're trying. I know. That's one of the things. Hi, Taryn. Hi. How I'm you doing? Here. I'm okay. You all right? Yeah. All right. You sound great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, wow, that was good. That was amazing. Man. His was answer time. to what he would tell Walt That's was amazing. amazing. He's absolutely right. <laughs> Don't live longer bruh, than you have to because you're not going to like it. Tap out. Just be done. Oh, man. But like that. I He's don't know. one of us. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was listening upstairs and um, 
when he gave everybody the life lesson, I literally was like, before you even had said that, I, I was thinking about Jason is um, wallpapering um, yeah. our dining room. and Because it's I, 1984. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I just, I thought about you when like you're doing that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. when you're putting up a mirror or shelf or something. And and I feel like it would actually really help you if you came from a place like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it really. It, and, you know, I've, I've been reading a, a little bit, uh, well, not actively searching out this topic, but I, I, I've read some stuff recently about the art of or the, the um, what am I trying to say, the, the helpfulness of just doing something, even if it's half-assed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because it's, if you put 50% of your energy into hanging a shelf, that's 50% more energy than not doing it. So you actually did it. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. Shoot or shoot, baby. Yeah, he's right. But <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's something, there's something to be said for not being hung up on having it perfect. And mm-hmm. I told Taryn today when I was hanging the, the wallpaper, it's a sticky, it's that sticker wallpaper, so yeah. you can like reapply it. And it's great. But it also comes with its challenges, you know. <laughs> but it's way better than like applying the paste and Ugh. lining oh, it up real and sliding is the worst. it. Really it's terrible, things. right? Yeah. I was like, I'm I'm a perfectionist, but I'm also I think the lazy perfectionist. <laughs> if I was going to start a blog, it'd be called the lazy perfectionist because I want it done right, but then halfway through, I know what it's going to take to do right, and I don't want to do it because this is a lot of work. So same, I totally get it. Because I want it, but but I still want it to be done right. Yeah. Well, and like he doesn't want somebody else to do it, so he's he is oh. a perfectionist. Bro, I think I it's would, controlling. I would really, rather probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Becca's listening to this show. There's times where I just do things wrong on purpose so she'll do it. Wow. <laughs> like, I don't know how. Huh? Well, if I'm supposed to rinse the dishes before. Oh. I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, you know, <laughs> you should probably just. That's a job you should probably be doing. Probably. That's no. That's yeah. what you tell yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, not going to say that. Because, oh no, he would die. Yeah, my couch isn't. <laughs> it very has to be her idea. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Uh, we just got some feedback because we, we didn't have feedback okay. before, right? We just got a feedback. I'd like to read it. We got feedback okay. during. Is it yeah, literally right now. That's insane. Okay, literally right now. Okay. This, this is, the world is <clears throat> this is from uh, two people, Maddie and Mackenzie. Okay. 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 Uh, Hello, this is the first one's from Maddie. Hello, my name is Maddie, and I hear ears up with my mom. And I like listening to it because I'm going to Disneyland on my birthday. Oh, yay. And I am six and a half years old. I'm excited because I'm tall enough to go on all of the rides because I'm 49 inches tall. I love ears up because you talk about some stuff I know because I went to Disneyland when I was three years old. (laughs) I also like learning about the rides and the history. I love it because I also get to spend time with my mom. Aww. I like all of you guys. And then uh, she says dot, 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 and women. Aww. <laughs> Maddie, comma, first grade. That is so cute. Maddie. Wonderful. My favorite is uh, I love yours up because you talk about some stuff I know because I went to Disneyland when I was three years old. And I think, and I, <laughs> you sort of remember that, that age as like a toddler. And you think you're like, you know everything in the history right. of the world because you're six, dude. Yeah. And like, I remember the thing, and this Crazy is what smart. that's what matters, right? Is the yeah. Man. <clears throat> this next one is from Mackenzie. Hi, Bev. Hi, Mackenzie. Hi, Taryn. Hi. Hi, Terrence. What up? Hi, Jason. Hi. <laughs> My so name sweet. is Mackenzie. I love listening to your show because it's very interesting. Because I'm going to Disneyland this summer. I would bet for Maddie's birthday. Um, I would like to know what the most interesting rides and attractions are. My personal favorite ride is Splash Mountain. Sincerely, Mackenzie, fifth grade. Wow. 
You First of all, I, I want to go back to, to Maddie real fast. I, dude, you're 49 inches tall. The, that is like a whole other park. Mm-hmm. Your world is open. Like for real, man. Right. Yes. Like it, it, Disneyland gets so much more interesting and yes. there's so much more stuff to do. It's so much better for your parents. But also have <laughs> your tall shoes ready. Have your tall shoes That's ready. A- Tall five-year-old, uh, six-year-old, six, six, six and a half, six and a half. Six and a half. Um, all right, me. what are the most interesting rides for McKenzie? Uh, fifth grade. So what is that? Ten. Ten. Eleven. Yeah. 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 All right. Ten. So uh, interesting rides. What's it? What is interesting? Um, I mean, obviously, you probably McKenzie. You probably been doing Splash or not Splash Mountain, um, Haunted Mansion, Pirates. Those are probably things yeah, that you've been doing on, forever. Been on Splash, and she's done a lot. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe the new Incredicoaster. Yeah. Or I would say around that age, I really Mm. started liking um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Because there's a lot of nuance to that, especially in the queue. And that is a pretty immersive queue. That's a good one. I like that one. You know what might be fun, too? Maybe not. Mark Twain, Riverboat. It depends on how detail oriented you are. As, yeah, uh, when you, you, know, you hit McKenzie. that corner and go around, it's kind of yeah, neat yeah, to see that, that stuff. Cool. Yeah, because it's it it gives you different views of the park that you don't normally see, and it might give you a whole new appreciation for kind of being in there. Of course, you know I'm I'm also a fan of um, Radiator Strings Racers. I think that's a really neat looking queue <laughs> in a ride. But it's true. Um, especially if your sister can go on every ride now. Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Where are your tall shoes? Actually, talk about... Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Indiana Jones. Yeah. On repeat. And on sit re- in the yeah. front. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah, sit on, try to sit on the front of every ride. Yeah. yeah. Except the, for Big Thunder Mountain. Then you want to sit in the, in the back. back. That's right. true. Right. The front on um, Pirates, life-changing. And <laughs> here's a tip. Lean forward before you go over the things. Not all the way, right? But just a little bit. Lean forward. The drops, it's different. I've never tried that before. Yeah. And then if you do the Incredicoaster, on any roller coaster... Lift your, lift your feet up at you the top. You taught me that. Oh, it just, it, I swear, it oh, just sucks boy. you into the seat, dude. It's so good. I screamed It grabs bit. you by the belly button <laughs> and pulls your belly button out through your yeah. other opening down there. Oh my god! It just goes burp, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> I lost no, no, you, all of my guts. No, I know you. You definitely introduced me to that when we were there in November before, and I was like, "Okay, I've got to do this every time now." And, yeah, and I remember like screaming it at you. And I'm like, "He's not doing it." I know he's not doing it because I don't hear him and like enjoying it. I'm like, oh. "Let's do some Disney news." You guys want to do that? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Oh, we're uh, interviewing the Walt Disney Family Museum on uh, what did I say? May April twelfth. S- no, that's when we're going. Oh, we're interviewing May them. I think May second, second, second. We'll we'll figure it out later. <laughs> but uh, Kirsten there at the Walt Disney Family Museum, she's going to come on, and we're going to talk about everything. If you haven't been to the Walt Disney Family Museum in the Presidio in San Francisco, make it a point <laughs> to go there. It's amazing. Even just in the in the entry to the to the gallery, <clears throat> which I'm learning is a fancy term for museum, like right. just the rest of the museum. But in the entryway there, they have not all, but a good chunk of awards that Walt and Walt Disney Studios has yes. won over the last you know whatever years. It's just amazing. There's the amount of awards. That homie won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you want to see an Academy Award, that's where you go. And yeah, also, or eight of them. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. 
the the one that they won for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, they made a special one. So there's the gold the gold man right. statue, and then there's seven little tiny ones. Oh, that's amazing! Oh, yeah, it's really cute. Yeah, it's it's good, dude. It's good. It's a good time. I'm really excited to go. So uh, we're gonna be there, uh, like Taryn said, on April 12th, uh, shooting a little video with our buddy Nick, Nick Gulan. Did I say his name right? I don't think I've ever like asked. I can never say it right. Nick G. Nick Nicky G. Nick, baby. Nicky G. When uh, I see him on Instagram, I just am like, oh, Nick Googlian. Julia Googlian. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's wrong. It's like, that's I true. Name. Oh, that's very wrong. But you know what? He's on YouTube, man. <laughs> Check him out. He does some great just little videos about his life and just stuff. He did one about changing a tire, and it was interesting. <sighs> He's I don't just know why. That's so talented. He's and so, so talented. Uh, you know, and I, I know I've talked about it on the show several times, but that's why I wanted him to do this because I know he's going to do a great job. He's a great yeah. editor. He has a a, a feel for um, just. I don't want to be like too film school and say like the emotion, but he has a feel for the emotion of mm-hmm. of what's happening. Either it's lighthearted or or whatever. He has a feel for feel. That's true, baby. The guy's amazing. All right, what did I? What was the last thing? I'm gonna cut some of this out because uh, I just didn't have all my news opened up in time. So uh, after this at 9:30, we're gonna do a secret show, everybody. The secret show for February, and uh, it's gonna be good. Terrence and I are gonna basically make up a drink based on the ingredient list for one of the new Trader Sam's drinks. I, I would like to make a bet that Terrence's drink looks like a swamp. Not with that stuff in there, but I'm uh, willing to bet that Jason definitely wins. You think so? You have the you you're more tiki than I am. I but I haven't really done much. I'm good at making shots. <laughs> shots, <laughs> shots, 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 shots. Man, I've lost my place in like where to You do though have the here. brightest tiki shirt that I've ever seen. It hurts my eyes. Yeah, yeah. it's real, real loud. Yeah, yeah. Loud. Wait, you need, you need so shades. I mean that does give you some tiki clout. Uh, but that, he's not wearing it right now. That's like how Jason Terrence is. hits that loud. He puts that shirt on. <laughs> What's up, baby? Okay, we did that. We did that. that. That'll be a good one. This is my thought process, my brain right now. I'm Google imaging, searching. Google imaging. <laughs> words are still hard, guys. I'm Google image searching uh, pictures of the Walt Disney Family Museum. I want to be there now. You've never been? Never been. I know. Oh, it's cool. Homey. And the worst they have ever. food. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> they have macaroni and cheese? Oh, done. I'm going to live there. You know what? I, I I don't remember if I talked about it on the last show or not, but their merchandise. You, you did. did. Super reasonable. Yeah, yeah, bring money. Oh, my God. No oh, <laughs> dude. They have, mo- I would say, 15 to 20 little golden books. You know, little golden yeah. books. Yeah. And I'm going to... S- yeah, dude, so much just cool stuff. It's nice. it's great. Anyway, <clears throat> oh wait, I gotta find the audio. I don't think now. Abby has. I think she, we have like two little golden books. I think that I'm gonna start Alice a collection. Yeah, yeah. they're five she, bucks. She loves what? them. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you for screeching into the microphone. <laughs> Jason's gonna yell when he's reading, he's like, oh. listening to this back. <laughs> um, press room ears sorry, up. Spectrum. You want to go to the press room, guys? Sure. No, Why? No. I don't know. We didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. I mean, Put hands in the press room. I didn't do anything this time. It's more like. Are the, you sure? It's called the depressed room. I apologize room. for. Depressed room. The future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the ears up Disney news. Sorry. <laughs> it's sorry. I'm in a good mood. I'm sorry. Everybody in here forgets how microphones work sometimes. It's all right. It's all good, baby. <laughs> As a, a wise man once said, Terrence, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Ter- that's Terrence's favorite like expression ever. All right, there are new Dole whips. 
happening at uh, Walt Disney World, which people call Walt Disney World Disney. And yeah, they call it Disneyland, like Disneyland. And it always throws me. And but what's annoying is, I mean, people do it just regionally, and that's fine. But it's when journalists, quote unquote, do it. And they write articles that say uh, Disney Dole Whip cones. New Disney Dole Whip cones. What is that? Where? What yeah. are you talking about? Hi, I, I immediately go Disneyland. Yeah. Because that's just where I... Uh, anyway. The new Adventure is Out There cone is inspired by the movie Up. It features a yellow color soft serve... <laughs> Which That's new and exciting. W- very, very <laughs> good uh, uh, descriptions there. Which makes it look like a regular old Dole Whip, but don't be fooled, it's actually mango flavored. It's swirled into a teal blue cone and topped with colorful milk chocolate candies made to look like balloons. Can I tell you everything that sounds good so far? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm looking at a photo of it. I mean, it, it look, look, this is the Instagram culture. It's all for Instagram. I mean, you know, you can kind of see right there. It it doesn't look yeah. good. I mean, it, it's very Instagrammable. It's balloonish, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. I don't understand. I mean, mango's good. Is it? When I could eat it, I enjoyed it. Oh, my God. Um, Oops, but it's like, on. it's one of those food it's a flavor that, well, that it's, is it's also, artificial and it tastes artificial. And if it's real, yeah. it's actually something that more people are allergic to than not. Oh, really? interesting. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. The high high cone? H-E-I. Hi? Isn't that a brand? It's Hey Hey. Hey Hey. Hey Hey. Oh, it's hey, the, like chicken. the chicken. Oh, the Hey Hey cone is inspired by the Moana character, Hey Hey the Rooster. Oh, and you can find it at Aloha Isle Refreshments. It combines the original Dole Whip with a new pink raspberry flavor in a teal waffle cone. And it's topped with a red sour candy ribbon and a candy eyeball. Too much. So it's made to look like a rooster. So here's here's the... Everybody look at this. That is terrible. That's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. It looks just like hey hey though. It right? does look just like him. I kind of like it. No, it looks like a it looks like a radioactive squid without a body. It looks <laughs> like a tongue like that's attacking you. It looks mangled and with the eyeballs it looks very threatening. Right. And uh basically HP Lovecraft could not have made a a, <laughs> a more scary Thing to look at. It's Can creative. they just make like That's a awful. Dole Whip that tastes good? Is that possible? No, inherently no. Like whatever that flavor soft serve is, that looks nasty. Finally, the Lost Princess Cone is based off of Tangled because everybody remembers that movie, and is a yellow lemon Dole Whip flavor swirled in a purple waffle cone topped with edible purple and yellow flowers. You can find that at Storybook Treats. Shouldn't it be like a mile long? (laughs) (laughs) That actually is very uh, cute, but again, it's... It's Instagram, the Instagram it's culture. It's still dude. just right next to Hey Hey, though. Like, I, I have a side-by-side, yeah. side and I can't stop looking at it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, man. Uh, anyway, if you're if you're a Disney World frequenter, hit it up. Oh, God. Look, at there's a bigger picture of them. Oh, horrible. see, the fat one, that doesn't, yeah. Those are stupid. <laughs> uh, to make sure that everyone knows, when she said the fat one, she is talking about the ice cream oh, yeah. cone and not the person <laughs> holding the ice cream cone. <laughs> Yeah, they they you know like soft serve they like mm-hmm. they did it real fat instead. Oh, okay, of yeah. Which you know you don't get if you buy that your cone will not look like that. It's going to yeah. look like it's going to squash it, dude. That was the worst. <laughs> get a get that. the uh, the Dole Whip. Yeah, who was that? You? 
That was me. No, that was Taryn. Taryn, yeah. that was her Taryn got that was it. me giving it a chance. That's right. And she takes a spoonful, and it's literally hollow inside. They yeah. just they moved it around too much to make it look fatter than it really is. And there was nothing inside. There was no funny. ice cream inside. It was. And it tasted like Tom's. Pretty bit. Yeah, it, it didn't taste very good. Uh, here's non-Disney news, but I do like talking about Harry Potter whenever we can. A surprise announcement from Universal Orlando and Universal Studios Hollywood okay. has revealed that a brand new nighttime show called Dark Arts at Hogwarts Castle is coming later this year. Yes, please. The new show will illuminate Hogwarts Castle nightly from April 13 to 28 at Universal Studios Hollywood and then return May 25th to 27th. And Orlando's will be uh, announced later on. It'll cast a spell of light, music, and special effects, unleashing the darkest creatures and villains into the wizarding world, including he who must not be named himself, Lord Voldemort. Guests will have to summon their inner strength and courage to face this dark magic as it comes to life during the light display. So I would imagine maybe it's like a kind of a crowd... <clears throat> you know how you used to do like with the uh, the Jedi training academy, kind of right. oh, pump the yeah. kids up a little bit. Maybe it's something like that. Probably cast a spell to put the shield around. Yeah, the castle probably. Or something. Yeah. As darkness falls in Hogwarts Castle, Dementors, Death Eaters, and other creatures from Aragog and the Mountain Troll to Thestrals will cover the castle in sinister imagery from the darker side of Harry Potter. This won't last long as a powerful Patronus spell will be cast to defend the guests against the dark arts. Oh my god. What just happened? Dark arts. It just kind of got real nerdy. I don't know. That's my nerd voice. I'm drawing this out on graph paper right now. Dark Arts at Hogwarts Castle will be accompanied by an exclusive musical arrangement that we played. Uh, whatever. Who cares? But anyway, Harry Potter so. fan, local. Dope. Dope. Hit it up, dude. I like it. What are those things? It looks cool. Thest- thestral, thestrals. Thestrals mm. aren't bad. No, 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 they're not bad. But um, I was very impressed with how easily that rolled off your tongue because every time I read the books, I like I stumble on that word. I don't know thestrals? why. Thestrals. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm a really advanced reader. You're a really good reader. Thank you. You're like you're like <laughs> second grade level almost. Burn. I'm like kindergarten. I'm, I'm just letting that joke. Really, kind of not do anything. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I'm joke. not helping you with that. Uh, <laughs> this is from SeaWorld Orlando, and you'll. And this is exact. This is why you'll figure out why I'm. I'm reading this news to you right now. Announced today, the grand opening of the six-acre world-class attraction, Sesame Street at yeah. SeaWorld Jeez. Orlando. Six acres of Sesame Street, homie. Oh. That's, That's awesome. That's for me. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I don't know why. I love... Dude, honestly, I feel good. I, I, there's a little... Uh, on the, the uh, artwork, there's a little billboard with uh, Cookie Monster on it, and I legitimately felt happy now, so, for okay. the first time in years. So is Cookie Monster... So Cookie Monster then is a celebrity now in the Sesame Street area? Because he wasn't a celebrity in regular Sesame Street, right? I don't know. Why? What? I'm just trying to figure it out. That's just kind of strange to me. I don't know. I thought you would be immersed like you're actually like a character in Sesame Street. Oh, you I... You know what I mean? I, I think you're visiting Sesame Street. Oh, okay. That's, I think, the point. Oh, I don't okay. know. Well, yeah. For the uh, very... It opens on March 27th. For the very first time, take a walk down Sesame Street, Sesame Street and bring your family to the neighborhood your favorite furry friends call home. Take a stroll and stop by the famous stoop at 123. Not 227. Oh, that's a great, <laughs> great one, two, show. Three. Explore the inside of Hooper's store and then head for big fun at Big Bird's Nest. Sesame Street at SeaWorld Orlando is exactly as you imagine. 
and with an award-winning parade. It already has a, a, a an award. The parade has an award already somehow. How is that possible? How is that possible? <laughs> Wet and dry play areas, rides, and an interactive neighborhood. It's more fun than you could ever dream. I can dream pretty big when it comes to fun. Don't worry about it. Uh, Cookie Monster, Abby, Elmo. They have a train. It's called, I don't know what it's called. The Cookie Monster Ride. Dude, I'm not going to lie. This looks pretty dope. Yeah, I don't hate it. No, I'm I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest. You really love Sesame Street. Like, yeah, I, I don't. This is something I recently realized about you. I don't know really why. <laughs> Did just you kind really, of. You like Sesame Street? Going, going no, I, I I I just I watched it from time okay. to time, but I think I'm a lot like Alice's, where it's just you watch it for four seconds, and then oh, what else is there to break? And then you just kind of go and do the thing. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. I just I kind of have like memories of 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 Sesame Street and the Muppets, okay. and I think that's why I just I don't know. Okay. Uh, let's see, you want to do a feel-good story, or do you want to talk a lot about Star Wars? Ew, feel-good. You want to do feel-good first and then end with Star Wars? Oh, gosh, yeah, we have we to do, do Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Maybe we just okay. skip Star Wars. No, then, we can't skip Star okay, Wars. Okay, then you go Star, Star Wars, Wars first. so that we have something to look forward to. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to open May 31st at yes. Disneyland and August 29th at Disney World's Hollywood Studios. So that's why we have to talk about it. They just yeah. announced the opening yeah. date yeah. and then all the stuff that comes with that for sure. They're only going to have one ride, apparently, which is the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. The other one called Rise of the Resistance is opening later this year. I'm going to guess that they're probably having problems with yeah, it. I mean, possibly. why would you do that? Right. There's only two rides in the entire thing. Why why would you open with exactly. one and not the other? Why would you open it in two phases? You got there's something. Come on. Unfortunately, they had already announced that it was going to have a June date, and speculation was going to be like the 27th of June mm-hmm. around there. So I'm, I'm there's no way it's going to be opening in like August. It's going to be opening in like November. That ride will be opening in November at this point. Right. So there's no point in holding off on opening the park. Just oh no! Give you it a May 31st. Get people we, in there now. Yeah, and we beat the deadline. Yeah. Um, so guests, this is weird. Guests visiting between May 31st and June 23rd will need valid theme park admission, duh, and will be required to make a no cost reservation to access the land, subject to availability. So you, you go, um, you go to Disneyland.com and figure all that out. And you can pick a time when you when you go. Uh, guests staying at one of the three Disneyland Resort hotels during these dates will receive a designated reservation to access the gallery. Those are already all sold out. Now. Right. One, one <laughs> reservation per registered guest. So that do, that doesn't make sense because if like Taryn and I go, we're both registered guests. That's oh, we how, are. That's how Disneyland. That's how the, those work. Oh, because yeah, you, you put like your name on a key. Right. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. But it means you have to register all your kids. But like. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how many? So this seems slightly flawed to me, simply because how many people aren't going to check the Disneyland website like and show up because Star Wars right. is open now, and, <clears throat> but they're not going to be able to access it, which means Disneyland is going to be terrible. <laughs> er. Uh, yeah. 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 I think it's actually a good idea. I like that idea of having people make a reservation to go in for crowd control. I like it too. I think that's a good idea. I think that's what they need to do for another couple of years, to be honest with you. So they're saying that uh, Galaxy's Edge will not be included in Extra Magic Hour or Magic Morning at Disneyland Park. Makes sense. Neither is Toontown, so you can control that. It's true. It's okay. Toontown should be, but I think Toontown's because no one goes there. And Toontown doesn't open. Like, that's weird. I've been to Disneyland at Rope Drop. 
and Toontown opens like an hour later because no one wants reason. to and then go it there. Closes and then it closes too. early. Exist. Poor Toontown should be the name of our next show. Why does Toontown? It's actually exist? really cute. If you like walk through there, it's still really cute. It is, <laughs> and that's not even a rebuttal. It is. Hated yeah. it. It really so, is. So let's but talk about it, some guess, of the yeah. stuff that you can do in Galaxy's Edge with the Play Disney Parks app. We've talked about it a couple times on the show leading up to it. They're really focusing the app mm-hmm. on your interactive experience in the park. So bring your battery chargers. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to need them a lot. So <clears throat> there's something uh, called hack. You can hack stuff. Uh, this is a quote. Since the first order arrived at Black Spire Outpost, they've started uploading a surveillance system to the door control panels to monitor what's going on on the outpost, says Anisha Deshmane, an assistant producer with Imagineering who helped develop the interactive elements. Obviously, the resistance may not want their actions to be tracked. They'd like to fly under the radar, so they're trying to fight back. Apparently, there's a lot of surveillance boxes embedded in the walls around town, and you can use the Play Disney app to hack into them by solving a simple puzzle. Then you can choose to either deactivate them to help the resistance or reactivate them to help the First Order. Now, I don't know which is which, because in my mind, they've changed names and factions so many times. The resistance is the rebels. The rebels. And the First Order is the Empire. Empire. Yeah. I, can you just... You'd think like well, the company built on theming, just stick with the theme. Let's stick right, with the theme. Right. Okay. Anyway, as time goes on, the game runs out and a winner is declared. I don't know what that means. You can also scan and translate stuff. You can uh, some of the labels are encrypted on things, and you can uh, solve a puzzle to get to decode the thing. So I, I think what they're doing, they, they're keeping you in the land, but maybe out of the ride queues. Right. Right. To right. do some other stuff. But it also just kind of feels like a lot of what they thought Indiana Jones would be. Yeah. Right. People are going to stand around at the code stuff. No, I want to get on the ride, dummy. Exactly. Anyway, um, eavesdropping, apparently. It's called tuning. This means listening, on, in listening in on broadcasts happening between the Resistance, the First Order, and various underworld gangs. There's communications going through all the antennas that you see scattered about. To get an idea of what those transmissions are, you will open your tuning tool, which is very good alliteration, uh-huh. and you can locate transmissions that are being passed back and forth, sometimes between factions, sometimes it's just between villagers. Reminds me of those phones you used to you could pick up in like the old coffee shop or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, occasionally, the intercepted texts look like gibberish, and another puzzle must be solved to decode them. So far, it sounds like a lot of work, and I'm not going to do. <laughs> I'm going to like read about it online about and get the backstory if I if I cared about. Um, anyway, you can get hired. It's a, a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff you can do. Okay. All right. I'm. Honestly, actually kind of excited. Like, as these details are kind of coming out, it it looks pretty cool. No, it looks great. The costumes look ridiculous. The costumes, yes, we'll do. talk about those <laughs> later. Amazing. But, um, oh, but the, gracious. I don't know, like, just seeing some of the aerial shots and things, I'm like... No, it looks uh, dope. It's it going to be dope. pretty cool. It, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. No. And I hate to say that, but... All right, we got about five minutes left in the show because we're running up into our secret show time slot. Terrence and I still got to make drinks. I still have to figure out what I'm doing. Yeah, couple Story more list. stories, real fast. This is, this story. I'm not going to go into detail too much, but this is why I'm tired of Star Wars. Right, Star Wars Galaxy Edge Cookbook releasing November 5th, <laughs> available for pre-order now. Star Wars the Cookbook. 
(laughs) Star Wars, the lunchbox. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Uh, It'll feature recipes from the new land coming to Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's kind of cool. While we don't know what's inside just yet. (laughs) Where does that sound familiar? Uh, This book is likely to include soon-to-be favorites from Aga's Cantina. Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo, Ronto Roadster's Milk Stand, and Cat Ska's Kettle. Cool. I, yeah, I don't know, man. Do we need a cookbook for a land no. that hasn't opened yet for food that nobody's had yet? Do we need right. the cookbook in advance for it? Come on! Give me a pamphlet that tells me how to make blue milk. That's all I need. I don't need <laughs> anything else. And it's not even milk. Go figure. Blue milk and milk. I didn't know that. Uh, we're going to talk about it on the secret show. It's uh, they. Oh, what do they call it? Plant-based dairy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right. So it's like soy. But there's no dairy in plants. Right. So it's literally. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk okay. about it later. Right. Here's. We'll skip this one about angry fans that are already review bombing Star Wars nine months before it's released. I think that's funny. Okay. Um, here's the feel-good story. North Carolina restaurant owner takes staff to Disney again. Disney, Disney, not Disney World, World yeah. Walt's, Walt Disney's World, Walt Disney World, Walt's Disney World. Walt's Disney World. Thank you. What are you doing, Terry? That's all right. Nothing. Don't okay. worry about it. <laughs> all right. I'm not worried about it. A North Carolina restaurant owner made dreams come true for her employees with a magical trip when Gyp- <laughs> Gypsy, is her name, is her real name, Gypsy oh, okay. Jill- Gilliam. Uh, owner of the State Farmer's Market restaurant in Raleigh, this is North Carolina, uh, stole several babies in the village. The po- No, I'm kidding. Uh, <clears throat> said she was going to load... <laughs> gypsy. Uh, yes. Said she was going to load up the employees and take everybody to... Said she was going to load up the employees and take everybody to Disney World after Christmas. Many of her employees were skeptical. I would be too. Can you imagine if we got told that we were going somewhere cool and we're like, uh-huh... Sure, dude. <clears throat> yeah. Uh-huh. When we were told we'd be going to Disney World, and of course, nobody believed it, said Jasmine Cam- Camel. Camel. Jas- Jasmine Camel. <laughs> Jasmine Camel was skeptical of Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this whole thing is a is a, a sham made up by... This is uh, The Onion. Is It's got to be. Was this released? Gypsy This was released on April 1st. That's oh the problem. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, the rumors, however, were true. Gilliam closed the restaurant for a few days loaded up about 20 employees and their families in wagons and headed off to the next village to scam the... No. Um, and took them to Disney World. It was so amazing, I cried a couple of times, Camel told uh, the news outlet. I could cry right now. Do you want to see me cry? Because I'll do it. You call, are you calling me a liar? <laughs> Uh, I don't think she'll ever understand how grateful we are for what she just did for us. The 50 or so guests didn't have to worry about anything. The rooms, tickets, and food was wow. all covered. Tripping. That's insane, dude. Bruh, 50 people. Nope. PB&J sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> all right, here's your bologna and cheese sandwich. Here's your bologna. Mine smells wet. Just... <laughs> Uh, Your boss won't even take us camping. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, sorry. You're, uh, we're going to go on this uh, work event. Uh, you have to share a room. You have to bring a tent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Secret show. True story. Bev and I have uh, shared rooms on multiple occasions at work events. Yes, that's true. We oh, are gosh. different genders. Uh, I have a five-year-old son, Jessica Burr, another employee, Uh, said, I don't know what the future holds, but I know this is something I wouldn't be able to do for my son. I'm forever grateful to Gypsy 
and I don't have any idea how to pay her back. Has anybody seen her? Anyway, um, I think that's cool. But then the cynic in me goes, just give him a bonus, dude. No, this is I know, no. I know, I understand. This no. is him all the time. I understand. This is why you. But in my mind, gifts. I would rather have the money. But no. you wouldn't use that money for any. Like she made memories for them and gave them a special experience. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I'm in charge of my own memories. Thank you very much. And if I want to pay off my car early instead of spending four days sweating in the sun in Orlando waiting in line for a ride that we've done four times already, guess what? That's what I'm going to do. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do share a room with him after <laughs> I mean, again, totally nice, sweet. I love it. That's just... I can't help it. I actually, I actually like that more than the bonus. Agreed. I really do. Same. Most people do. Normal. Well, we don't even know that you guys are real people. <clears throat> I'm a robot garner. Actually created me. <laughs> I'm a robot garner. <laughs> I'm a robot garner. I'm a robot garner. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks to Garner Holt again for holding it down today and, and uh, giving us about 45, 50 minutes. Probably longer than he should have, but uh, for 45, 50 minutes, talking about Garner Holt Productions, talking about just all sorts of stuff. I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah. He seems like a really nice guy and super nerd, and mm. I love that. Yeah. he's uh, he, he fits right in. Also, thanks to GetawayToday.com for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond, head over to GetawayToday.com slash ears up. And don't forget to ask for 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer, like... DCA. All right, everybody. If you're listening live, hang on. It might take us a little bit longer than the show posted time, but we'll be back with the secret show. We got a lot of good news for you. Um, if you're not listening live and this is the last show in the queue for you, sorry. Become a Patreon subscriber at earsup.com slash no patreon.com slash ears up. <laughs> you can get all the secret shows, go back, listen to stuff, go to Spectral Radio and, and have a good time. Whatever. Until next time, we'll see you in the parks.